0: The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Once again, take a moment to stretch up and settle in. bring your attention to the breath, however you wish to focus on it, in a narrow range or a broad range. We've built up some fantastic momentum. If the attention wanders, gently return. Each time you come back, it's like a rep pulling a weight. Your concentration muscle grows. Samadhi bala. Your concentration strength. Totally give permission for everything else. To expand and contract as it wishes in the background, background equanimity, a cloud of gentle matter-of-factness, spaciousness, within which all the distractions come and go without push and pull. And with regards to the breath sensation, to the best of your ability, detect the beginning, middle, and end. Detect the tiny fluctuations, permutations. We've established, to a certain extent, a mindful state, mindfulness of breath, anapanasati, characterized by concentration, sensory clarity, and equanimity working together. Once we establish a modicum of this awareness, time becomes our ally. The passage of time marks the process of purification, vishuddhi. there's formal practice and then there's practice in life practice in life means a returning to mindfulness during ordinary activities in a moment we're going to transition from practice in motion in practice, formal practice to practice in life You did good work today. It's possible that you might be aware of an increase in tranquility, energy, general well-being. It's possible that you may be able to taste concentration, clarity, equanimity. If any of those Reward flavors, so to speak, are available at this time. Try to keep contact with them as we transition. Try to maintain contact. Reestablish it from time to time. From now on, Okay, good work, folks. So drive carefully. And um, there were a couple requests for final questions and so forth. So um, I left a couple minutes. If there's anything that uh, anyone would like to uh, bring up, just feel free. I think we'll we'll pass the mic. I think there's a burning question right back there. Yeah, Yeah. in In formal practice, yes, uh, I experience this uh, concentration, clarity, and uh, equanimity. But uh, in daily life, how do you keep in touch with this state of mind? Well, I left five minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's a biggie. Um, uh, Let me just give you a a summary. So I think you all heard it's like the question, really. Um, Okay, I can get to a certain place when I'm at retreats or do the micro-retreat, which is my day-to-day set, during formal practice, how do we maintain this in daily life? So, um, for one thing, if you do a lot of formal practice, that means a lot of day-to-day sitting, but also you do retreats, one-day retreats, one-week retreats, and so forth, the rhythm of day-to-day practice plus intensive retreat practice, both of those, not just one. If you have both of those in place, there will be a tendency with time for the meditative state to simply um, uh, spill over spontaneously into daily life. That's one thing. Secondly, you can do... um, When when I talk about practice in life, what I mean by that is an attempt to pepper the day with little moments of mindfulness, at least a half dozen times a day. For 30 seconds here or three minutes there, you're walking to the washroom, you're waiting in line, um, something like that. Somebody is talking to you, but it's not a substantive conversation. They're just sort of you know not something that requires all your cpu power to pay attention to so you have these little moments during the day and if you attempt to pepper each day with at least a half a half dozen intentionally returning to mindfulness i call that practice in life as a practice so if you keep up the rhythm of a little bit of formal practice every day Um, a a lot of formal practice every once in a while in a retreat, and then you intentionally try to touch base each day when you have these little dead moments, uh, reestablish mindfulness, then there is going to be a tendency with time for the mindfulness to just come over you automatically. So that's factor number one. However, there is factor number two, um, and factor number two um, is things that you can do to uh, to accelerate that process. There, there are what I call accelerators of practice. Uh, there, things you can do that make it more likely that you will be in a mindful state in daily life. And these accelerators are what I refer to as working smart. Um, So I like to speak of three accelerators. And uh, this, once again, every single thing, I know I've thrown out a lot of information, but everything I've said is on video and on text on the internet. Um, It's all there. So uh, the three accelerators are what I call a uh, motion challenge sequence. So practice, that's number one. Uh, Practice in motion means, is part of formal practice in my language. It means you're doing a technique, but you're moving. Walking meditation, eating meditation. These are examples of practice in motion. You you have a set technique and you're trying to implement it continuously just like when you sit, but your body is moving. So what a motion challenge sequence is, is a sequence of progressively more complex actions within which you attempt to maintain the continuity of your technique. So um, let's say that your technique is... Um, well, my favorite technique for daily life is something called focus out. Now, focus out means see out, hear out, feel out. You're anchoring in the external senses. But let's just, but there's lots of techniques, but let's just say your technique is focus out. And let's say as you're sitting, you can sort of get anchored with that technique. Uh, with your eyes closed, let's say. So you're hearing sounds and you're, focusing on the physical body. Hear out, feel out. Okay, and you can get pretty deep. Now, can you open your eyes? You're still sitting still, but can you still maintain the same deep state with your eyes open as with your eyes closed? Maybe not. If not, then try it with your eyes one quarter open. (laughs) Okay, one half open. And gradually work up to the point where you can be just as deep with your eyes open as with your eyes closed. Depending on the technique and where you're at with your practice, that could take a few minutes or a few months. Okay, good. Now my eyes are open and I can be in this deep state. Can I stand in place and be just as deep as with my eyes closed, seated? Now can I walk around in the room? Now can I walk outside? Now can I... um, wash the dishes, and still taste a mindful state. Now can I cook a simple meal? You see what this is? It's, an ex- it's a, a gradual, small step escalation of the complexity of the action. And at each step, you're attempting, you don't move on until you can be in a pretty deep state at that step. Can I listen to some empty blabbering of someone that I don't care about, that's in front of me, and still be in a deep state? Okay. Can I have a substantial conversation with my spouse, and still be in a deep? Well, now we're escalating way up. Okay. Um, so a, most. So the the trick in in smart training is you give yourself small, manageable tasks. And each one is not that big. Each, each transition is not that big a deal. But at the end, you've gone from uh, I'm in this really deep state with my eyes closed and nothing's happening, to I'm in that, this really deep state while I'm driving on the freeways. Um, by the way, the only safe meditation for driving your car see out, hear out, feel out, of driving the car. I don't want anybody to have an accident and blame me, okay? <laughs> when you drive the car, your meditation is driving the car. And you could be just as deep doing that as you could with your eyes closed 10 days into a three-month retreat. So motion challenge sequence, Each, each. it's a challenge sequence. It's like lifting weights. You, I can lift a certain weight, but now I can't. Lift anymore? Okay, so add uh, add a half a kilo, and let's see if I can do that. And then you gradually strengthen. I call it, so I call this working smart. People always ask, "How can I get the carryover?" I say, "Work smart." You're either willing to do it or not, but this is just one part of working smart. Second part of working smart is. Uh, what I call trigger practice. And we're sort of out of time, but basically a lot of times when we, when we sit in formal practice, not very much comes up emotionally. Things tend to get sort of peaceful. I mean, sometimes stuff comes up. We know that. But a lot of times emotionally you're not overly activated when you sit. And then stuff happens in life and it's like, whoa, okay. So how to train for that? Well, I call it trigger practice. Um, easiest to do with sounds. You implement a formal practice and then you listen to sounds that would tend to trigger positive or negative emotion. It doesn't have to be necessarily negative. All the sounds of the word, you know, guan uh, shi yin kanzeon, Zeon, this bodhisattva, it means she who hears the sounds of the world. Right, Guan Shi Yin. So all the sounds of the world are available on YouTube, and it's all real. It's, it's, there's actors, but there's actually the real sounds of the world. Shi Yin, in Chinese, all avalokiteshvara Avalokita. Yeah, it's like Avalokitesvara is what it came from, which means contemplate the sounds. So you can listen and you can control the, listen carefully, you can control the type, intensity, duration, and frequency. That's four variables. You can control those four variables and gradually train yourself to experience all your uh, hot buttons and all your warm buttons in a mindful state. You're under, it's under your control the intensity, the type, the duration, and the frequency of the triggering stimulus. You systematically train yourself to experience rage, terror, grief, joy, interest, love. Just listen to the 6 o'clock news, okay? (laughs) In perfect mindfulness. Your eyes are closed, okay? And that will train you so you're on automatic pilot so that when suddenly something happens unexpectedly in the real world, you have, you have gone through a stress rehearsal. You know what a dress rehearsal is? This is a stress rehearsal. <laughs> and it's automatically there. It's all trained and ready to go because you've worked smart. You systematically trained yourself for the things that are likely to happen. You did it in formal practice, and then it's there for you in life. So these are two parts of working smart. Then the third thing that pushes the practice, that makes it likely that you're going to get an industrial strength effect that won't evaporate even when you're doing ordinary activities, well, this is the one that maybe you don't want to hear. But, um, and you don't have to do this. None of this. No one has to do anything. But the other one is what's called aditana, or strong determination sitting. Maybe you thought I was being ridiculous or cruel or even joking when I said you should work towards a four-hour sit, okay? not, but not damage your body if you have joint things or whatever. But I wasn't, I wasn't being any of those. Um, uh, there's duration training. C- can you sit for an hour? Great. Well, okay, then what happens? Well, then pain happens. And then boredom happens, and whatever—not to damage the body, but can you extend it to an hour and five minutes, an hour and and a half, etc., uh, etc.? Cetera, et cetera. Now, at some point, you come face to face with um, fainting levels of distress. Your eyes roll up in your head. Your whole body shakes. Um, you're going in and out of consciousness, um, and you just keep sitting. Um, gradually, 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 you can, impre- imp- you can increment it, two minutes, <laughs> then add two minutes. Then you don't you don't have to come you know face to face with um, th- that horrific level of intensity right away but you can gradually work your way to the point um, where you just break through that. And that really rewires stuff. Um, that rewires things at a fundamental level. Uh, that, and then those effects are just there for you. So these are the three. In my, the way I like to describe the practice, when people say, okay, how can I accelerate it How can I be this way all the time? Trigger practice, motion challenge, and duration training. Extend um, the sits into, at least occasionally, you extend beyond the comfort zone. Um, And then you extend at least occasionally. And I don't say it has to always be that way and then a little more beyond the comfort zone, and then a little more beyond the comfort zone. And every once in a while, now did, I, did, I ha- did I mention do not damage your body? <laughs> I think I mentioned that. Okay. But, but sensory experience of pain in the body and confusion in the mind is just a sensory experience. And that can be penetrated. Um, and once you've made it over that hump... Um, you're just never the same again. So, anyway, um, I have, it has been a delightful day. We're doing what needs to be done, katakaraniya, as they say in Pali. Um, another day, another dharma, keep up the great work. <laughs> <laughs> um, there were a lot of questions. Matt, Bren Silver over there. Is trained in my system. If you have any questions subsequent to this, he's there's your go-to guy. So uh, before everybody runs, we need six volunteers to get.